The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on this episode of the podcast, we're talking about NBA basketball. So, of course, I'm joined again by Walter Agnich and Joel DeNicolo. Guys, how's it going? Cal- Calvin, I'm doing well. What a great day to be a Thunder fan. As you guys know, yesterday we beat the Lakers. Today I had a little pizza to celebrate. Uh, what, what a great day. Calvin, you can... What uh, are you on, man? We did not beat the Lakers. Hold up. Uh, I, be- I believe we did. I only counted the legal points scored. And as you know, LeBron's 20 points did not count for anything. So my book, Thunder, had a 105-87 victory last night. Very impressive. Uh, Calvin, it sounds like your SAS buddy over here uh, not only has been hitting a bottle all day long, but also may have uh, visited a dispensary today, uh, starting to show off of that complete nonsense. Uh, that yeah, was a I mean, complete, yeah, gonna... complete beatdown. Lakers over OKC, 128.99. Thunder never even held a lead at any point in time. Couldn't even get the easy 2-0 lead that some teams will get to just say they had a lead. Didn't even get that. Complete blowout from start to finish. I loved it. Look, well, I like Joel. Joel. I respect his opinion. I respect his opinion. He's just wrong, factually wrong. Um, <laughs> Thunder win looked good. Boy, Poku dunked on LeBron last night. That was vicious. Sent, oh, sent him God. swatting too. Oh my gosh, I didn't think he'd be, you know, at this level where he's challenging LeBron. But you know, there he goes. I mean, listen, he's a good player. I mean, who knew? Seven so feet Cal- tall. We're going to need Calvin to officially get this show started, you know, in a proper fashion, because I do have some fun facts about your buddy Poku later in the in, in this show. Well, I'll say it this way. Um, Walter, I, I would love the idea for us to say, hey, LeBron's 20 points didn't count. But even if they didn't count, the Lakers still would have won. The other thing I'll say, too, here is, is that the hey, SAS Caruso's, buddy Caruso's knows points that count sucks at sports was also the other acronym that it was called, we were called by at some points. So he's either School of Advanced Studies or Sucks at Sports. And I'm going to say you're going more of the not School of Advanced Studies side because the math is wrong. So we're going to have to go more Sucks at Sports. Yeah, you know, Calvin, I don't don't remember the the Sucks at Sports. Uh, You know, School of Advanced Studies, that's where you and I went to. We obviously are smarter than everybody else. Uh, And, you know, that's the reason we were able to come to that conclusion versus understanding why normal people might think that the Lakers did, in fact, win. However, they did not. And in my book, uh, the Thunder have beaten the Lakers. And in everyone's book. Well, Joel, How about that? I mean, we, we, we are bound to determined here to make sure that we do not talk about the Thunder the whole entire podcast, at least. So hit me with those <laughs> Lakers facts, at least, as we start out. Uh, so actually, uh, it was going to be more geared towards the, uh, the Thunder in this episode, as I believe one of our segments tonight uh, will be in regards to the worst five teams in the NBA. Again, I don't want to uh, mix up the uh, the organization of the show, Calvin. So I'll I will again save that until we are uh, at the right spot in the show. But uh, I got my guns and my holster ready to go. Sounds uh, great. Yeah, I well, uh, if anyone did miss it, well, yesterday we're recording this on January fourteenth. Yesterday, NBA trade news broke that MVP and you know multiple All Star. <laughs> James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So, Walter, I'll ask you first here. What's your initial reaction when you saw the trade go down and what all pieces moved around, all type of stuff, too? Yeah, not really surprised, Calvin. I thought it was going to be the Nets or Miami. A little surprised at what 
the Rockets got in return, uh, swapping Levert immediately for Victor Oladipo, uh, makes me think that they're not going to hold on to Oladipo, that they are going to probably flip him maybe to even Miami um, for another first-round pick. It seems like they were, they're about to go into rebuilding mode. Um, but it looks like they might just have a transition period with John Wall, much like the Thunder did last year with Chris Paul. Hmm. Joel, what about you? Because that's not what I took away from this whole thing. Not at all. Interesting take on that, Walter. So you, you, you're in the impression that Victor is not even going to finish the season in a Rocket uniform? Did I hear you correctly? No, yeah, no. Expiring contract, disgruntled. He wants to go play for a contender. I don't think he's going to be on the Rockets. I think he's going to get traded probably. Was the trade deadline still right around All-Star weekend? I, I expect him to be shipped off again for some first-round picks. Hmm. Very interesting take, Walter. Um, so, uh, again, uh, we are, we're all very aware that James Harden was going to get traded at some point in time during the season. Actually kind of surprised that it actually took this long. Um, uh, we, you know, we got multiple teams involved, of course. Uh, the Oladipo, I actually kind of like that move going to Houston um, just for the simple fact that Houston now has a lot of guys on that team that have a lot to prove and the guys that are there um, obviously are uh, – they're pissed off, but they're pissed off for one reason. That was uh, for James Harden's antics. And now he is gone, so the cancer and the problem is now removed off the rocket. So, uh, you know, for guys like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and, and Victor Oladipo included, uh, you know, another guy that does have something to prove, uh, you know, from, from his um, injury that occurred in Indiana um, – just like John Wall, um, everybody's starting to count him out. Uh, this team's going to be pissed, and they're mad, and um, I think it's going to do nothing but spark them. Uh, I like the move for the Rockets. I love it. So I, I like the move a lot for the Rockets. Now, Oladipo signed a four-year, you know, $85 million contract with the Thunder, oddly enough, here. So not too long ago, but he doesn't have that too many years left on his deal either. So... Walter, I'll say this. I don't think Oladipo moves before the end of the season. I think the Rockets see what they've got. They've got eight picks, or at least the rights to eight picks now going forward, which to me is insane no matter how you break it up. If we want to say the Nets are not going to be bad in two years, that's fine. I mean, next year, 2022, is that first pick spot they get. That's fine. By the end of all this, they have four first-round picks, and then they have four pick swaps, which is kind of the same deal that the Thunder have with the Clippers here coming up in a couple of years too. So for me, at least I think the Rockets made out like bandits, but I think that the Nets did as well. The Nets knew they needed to do one more thing to try to beat the Lakers. And I don't know if this was the thing, but you've got to make those superstars happy. You've got to make Kevin Durant happy. And with Kyrie Irving nowhere near the team. Yeah. Let's go get James Harden. Right. Yeah, no, extremely interesting now is with Kyrie Irving is like, is he going to play again for the rest of the season? Um, don't really know what's going on. It doesn't even seem that Steve Nash or Sean Marks really know what's going on. Uh, the thing that I'm not too worried about, though, with the Nets is just how well Kevin Durant made it work with the Warriors. I'm sure he's going to be able to make it work with James Harden. If, as long as James Harden can get into shape and Kyrie comes back, I mean, look out. I mean, this, this team should have no problem beating Giannis or Miami or the Celtics to get to the finals to face LeBron. And then just yeah, to clear it all up, Oladipo is signed through the end of the season. After the end of the season, the 2021-2022 season, he's an unrestricted free agent, too. Just to run yep. that in there. Yeah, the whole Kyrie, you know, uh, kind of shifting gears to the Brooklyn Nets side of the trade. Um, 
is very intriguing. Uh, I don't believe he's came out just yet publicly and said, you know, what the hell's going on with him. Uh, I think there's been videos of him celebrating his sister's 30th birthday party. I'm not sure if it was at a club or an event center or what. Or what? And then there was also uh, a Zoom, <laughs> a Zoom call that he was uh, um, a part of um, on the night of a game. I want to say it was 30 minutes before tip off, uh, um, and he was, uh, yeah, part of a, um, a supporting a district attorney. Oh, I didn't understand you know what the exact Zoom call was, but he's kind of out doing his own thing, but not really telling people why and uh, why he's, uh, you know, not a part of the Brooklyn Nets at this moment in time. And then boom, oh yeah, at, we add a. Uh, uh, another all-star and MVP um, to the mix. Um, so it's going to be very intriguing to see if this pushes Kyrie further away um, or if this will rapidly bring him back. I'd imagine it'd be the latter. Uh, I can't imagine that Kyrie uh, wanna, would want to pass up an opportunity to play uh, with, uh, with, with Katie and James Harden because uh, this season has uh, nothing but high expectations going into it. And now it's just multiplied, you know, 10 times with adding James Harden to the, uh, to the roster. Look, here's the thing. I appreciate that Kyrie is, you know, hopping on Zoom calls for uh, what was it, district people that are running for district attorney. Like that's great, but you know, you're Kyrie Irving. You should be able to play basketball and fight social injustice at the same time. And if you're not, you should at least be honest and upfront with your teammates that say, "Hey, that I don't want to play basketball. I want to focus on this." Like I completely respect it, respect his decision, and he, you know, he seems like he's doing, a, he's trying as hard as he can. But at the end of the day, he can still do both. I don't understand. I don't understand why he can't play basketball and fight social injustice at the same time. It baffles me. Well, the NBA has said you know what, you've got to talk to the media, and Kyrie's abstained from talking to the media, and then the NBA's fined the Nets for that. So, in my opinion here, listen, like, personal reasons for whatever those are, I don't necessarily think it's any more going towards, like, hey, you want to take off around the week of his birthday. You know, I, I think now it's maybe a little bit more serious, a little more interesting to talk about. With all that being said, though, I think that this this team, the Nets, as constructed right now, could be insanely good, but I'm really, really worried about how they will be defensively and getting any rebounds since they've, of course, traded Jared Allen in this whole deal, too. Joel, I'll ask you, do you think this trade makes the Nets the premier number one overall team in the East? You know, granted, Kyrie's back and they're all healthy, whatever. Or do they still need another guy or two just so they can play some defense? Uh, only time will tell. Um, it, you kind of got to, you know, think optimistic and you think James Harden, okay, now ready to go. He's out at the uh, Houston situation that he obviously um, j- j- just was, he felt extremely miserable with. Obviously, that's why he was late to training camp. Obviously, we see that he he might have not got fat, but he definitely gained some weight compared to the you know, previous seasons. Um, so, hey, maybe- Joel, as a fat man, can I interject real quick? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah go, that for it, baby, go for it. That baby blue makes makes <laughs> makes you look a little bigger than what you are, Joel. I'm sorry. He's not we'll as stay- fat. It's the blue jer- It was the baby blue jersey, I'm saying. That added at least 10, 15 pounds. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so, you're saying stay away from baby blue if you're a little yes, headset. <laughs> I do not Doesn't have help a single out. baby blue outfit in my closet <laughs> and stripes um but yeah so thinking optimistically james harden he's he's locked in he's focused he's going to be that 30 plus point score um Kyrie comes back to the team here in the next week or so kd is obviously shining uh tremendously i think he just played his uh first back-to-back um the season uh off the achilles injury 
Um, Joe Harris is obviously off to another great start shooting the ball. So you got a good pieces that can really, really make some noise. Still got DeAndre uh, Jordan there, which I heard there's a little bit of beef between De- DeAndre and Jared Allen. So that kind of solved that issue as well. Um, you know, the, the bench isn't the greatest, uh, but I know they have a couple of roster slots where they can add some guys, you know, uh, here to, to, to finish out that roster since they did lose a handful of pieces. Uh, still got Jeff Green there. Um, got a couple second rounder guy, yeah, second round guys with Bruce Brown and, and Reggie Perry. So I think that the depth would be of concern, but again, they'll address that here very soon. Um, so I'm going to think optimistically, I'm going to think that, you know, that uh, KD and maybe multiple Nets players have kind of already hoped and predicted that this was happening at some point in time and got, you know, they got excited. They got James excited. It's just a matter of making the trade actually happen. So now it's done and um, they can go, they can go hoop, man. They can go hoop now. And they got, they got some hoopers out there and they got a guy who can protect the rim and they got a big, big, big time shooter out there to, to line up with next to Kyrie and James and, and Joe Harris and then, uh, oh, yeah, they got another MVP out there. You got two MVPs in that, in that darn starting lineup. So um, I, I think they can be very, very, very scary. But, again, I think it all really hinges on not even so much James Harden. I think a, real, a lot of it relies on Kyrie. Where's his head at? And um, can he uh, adjust his role uh, to play with uh, not just one superstar but two superstars now? This, to me, is an easy win for both teams in the trade just because, okay, the Rockets get – multiple first round picks going on, you know, plenty of years here in the forward in the future. And they can trade those. They don't necessarily have to go, you know what? We've got to see how these picks play out. We've got to see if the nets end up being bad or if injuries happen, et cetera, et cetera, whatever ever happens. And I think it's a good trade for the nets too, because I do think with Kyrie and KD, they needed just maybe one more guy. And if you're telling me that no matter what, a lineup of at least Kyrie Irving on the floor, at least KD on the floor, at least James Harden on the floor, all the time, every single game. Well, you've got two MVPs there, and then the third guy is not too shabby himself, who's got a ring on his finger as the second-best player on that Cavaliers team that won the championship. So if they can mesh well and they can really play all well together, I think this could be an incredible Nets team. I just – DeAndre Jordan's not – not doing it for me right now, I guess. So I'm curious to see if they are, um, you know, doing a trade here in the future or whatever. I kind of thought there might be some, oh, JaVel McGee goes from, I think he's at the Cavs right now, gets traded back to the Nets or whatever, just to give them that one more guy down low. Because DeAndre Jordan's great. He's a great teammate. KD said he likes him a lot, all type of stuff. But, Joel, as you said, time will tell. Time will tell if we if we see this actually come to fruition and the – and that's played extremely well. You guys have any other thoughts yeah. on this whole trade here? Anything else bizarre yeah. stick out to you? Calvin, I think what some people forget is when James Harden wants to, he can play some good defense. It's more about his endurance of being able to keep it up because I know in those longer playoff runs, it seems like his legs give out a little bit and he starts shooting worse and worse. So I think if you can keep his endurance up, he has he's proven to be a great defender. Granted, they did trade away their two best defensive players and Levert and Allen. But, I mean, this team is obviously going to be a team that people think are going to be in contention. So when it comes buyout time, I would not be surprised if a big man gets bought out and then signs with the Nets and then maybe even a shooting guard or small forward gets bought out and joins them too. I wouldn't be surprised if they have two buyouts on their on their roster at the end of the year for a playoff run. Well, Joel, you're the Lakers fan here. Do you think this is a threat to the Lakers at all, now the Nets? 
Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, they they have uh, three superstars. They got three all stars. They got MVPs over there. Um, again, of course, I'm going to you know uh, put all my money, all my paychecks on the Lakers. Of course, I have that much faith in them, and still don't think that they're better. But your question was, can they compete? Obviously, in the championship level. Um, yeah, if they if they win the East, oh, you better believe. Yeah, the, uh, the Lakers are going to have to do their uh, their film studies and get ready to go and be ready to guard um, three three tremendous uh, ball handlers, three tremendous scores. Um, so again, I'm thinking optimistically for, for, for Brooklyn. Um, we, we've seen some major flashes, obviously when Kyrie was in the lineup. Um, again, I, I just can't, I keep falling back on that. Kyrie kind of holds the keys, uh, to what their, um, their overall destination is going to look like, uh, for the, for this, for this first year, uh, altogether. All right, man, last question oh. about this trade here as we kind of round it out. I think we've each said who we think wins the trade, at least for this season, but for the next five seasons, right? You know, granted, all players are healthy. Harden's 31. He's not old by any means, but Kyrie and KD have had their injury shares and we've seen all that happen too. So, Walter Oski first, and then Joel, you know, go after him. Who do you think wins this trade for the next five seasons here? Yeah, I, I would define success as a championship, and I, I think that the Nets are going to win a championship with this roster. So, I'm going to go with the Nets. Um, that are that are going to win it. Um, like I said, I don't think Oladipo is going to stay with the Rockets, and so the Rockets are going to have draft picks. Looking at what the Thunder did with Paul George, they got a star in SGA and draft picks. Um, that's why I'd give the slight edge to the Nets, since I, I think they're going to win a championship. Man, a finals, LeBron versus Kevin Durant. I know we kind of had it with Miami versus Oklahoma City, and then we kind of had it with the Golden State Warriors, even though the Warriors were stacked. I feel like this would be a much a much more even contest. Wouldn't you agree, Joel, that the, the Nets aren't as good as that those Warriors teams and the Lakers team is better than the Cavs team? Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would. Uh, I definitely would. Um, yeah, if, if it's a Lakers-Nets NBA Finals, whether it's this year or next year, um, I think that's huge for, for just basketball, huge for NBA. Uh, probably could be, you know, the, the most watched series Again, just because you have the uh, not not just star names. I mean, you got some of the best players literally in the game right now with a uh, LeBron, AD, uh, KD, and uh, you know. Um, again, <laughs> don't want to get too uh, uh, sidetracked by this this last two months of James Harden. We kind of rewind the you know last few years. You know, going back to that 2018 Harden. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness, that would be a great NBA Finals to watch. Uh, Lakers and Lakers and six though. Uh, I think I think I'd be at Joel's house every night watching those games on his um, ninety-inch TV. <laughs> we would definitely uh, love to have you over here for that one, man. All right. Well, moving on a little bit from that trade that I think rocked the whole NBA world, but we also saw it coming. We saw some part of it coming, but the Sixers don't have you know James Harden now. Of course, they might be looking to move some guys around, but then also the Miami Heat, as Walter said, were kind of maybe in the trade, maybe not. But, you know, we, we talk a lot about, hey, these big superstar guys are moving from team to team, whatever, whereas Walter and I know right now, at least for the Thunder and seeing how Shea's doing, seeing how Pokoshevsky's doing, all types of stuff, we want to see how the younger guys are doing too. So, Joel, I'll ask you here with kind of the rookie review segment that we bring onto the podcast, and we'll see if we can stick it around or not. Um, go ahead here. Talk about a couple of rookies that we've seen so far through the season, through the first 10 plus games. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this segment. I'm so glad we introduced this one uh, this week. Um, so if we do rewind a couple segments, you know, going back to the end of December, uh, we all kind of did our, our preview of, of the conferences and awards. Um, and if you do replay that tape, um, a certain person named Joel DeNicolo, uh did peg uh, Tyrese uh, Halliburton as um, uh, Rookie of the Year. Obviously, on the Western side, we did break it up by conference, but Tyrese was a uh, number one uh, player on my list. And uh, if you check uh, check stats and check uh, just check out the Kings, um, you'll see that uh, he's playing at a very high level right now. Again, we're talking about the number twelve pick, and uh, you know, uh, still coming off the bench. Um, you know, playing behind obviously De'Aaron Fox and uh, and Buddy Hield. Uh, but he leads all rookies in scoring right this second at uh, 12 points uh, per game, uh, three rebounds a game, and six assists as well. But yeah, those you know, those, those numbers are, are decent for Ricky. I mean, they're obviously not outstanding on a superstar level by any means. However, um, it, what really stands out is his shooting ability, which was slightly questioned, not so much his percentages, because his percentages at Iowa State were actually amazing. I want to say he shot over 50% in his seasons at Iowa State, over 40% from the um, three-point line. Um, so those are solid percentages. Uh, but there's question marks about, obviously, his form. Screw all that. My guy Tyrese is shooting 54% uh, from the three-point line. Uh, I'm sorry, 54% from the field goal, 52% from the three-point line. Amazing percentages for a rookie that's coming off the bench and um, leading uh, this class, uh, this rookie, uh, 2020 rookie class. Um, and I believe uh, Walter, uh, was it you that had said uh, Anthony Edwards was uh, your go-to for the West as far as uh, potential rookie of the year? Yeah, we're going to have to play the tape back. I, I think I mentioned Anthony Edwards or James Weissman. Uh, yeah, those two. Okay, uh, I mean, super easy pick. I pr- you probably just uh, looked up the NBA draft and said who, who was number one and number two. Uh, you, uh, you know, Joel, no. That's not how that worked, but go ahead. Try to, try to accuse me of that. Okay. Uh, but Anthony Edwards is, is starting to come into his own, and I think as a, the, the season progresses, obviously it looks like Minnesota's starting to go into a downward uh, uh, trend and definitely not going to be uh, sniffing any playoffs, so I think that'll definitely boost uh, – Anthony Edwards minutes. Um, he's also averaging 12 points a game, three rebounds a game, two assists, uh, not shooting the ball very well just yet. But again, we're only, a few, you know, uh, uh, what about 10, 11 games into the season at this point in time. Um, and I, I would imagine he, he hasn't started the game yet, but I imagine he'll be in that starting lineup uh, at some point in time before the end of the season. So we can really, really see what that number one pick can do. Um, James Wiseman, um, one of only uh, four rookies that has started um, every single game that he's played. Only one of four. Do you guys know the other three? I'm going to go Ball. Is Ball ball started? Oh, no, no, sir. LaMelo hasn't started a game yet, buddy. Oh, dang. Where have I been? Yeah. Four rookies that have started every single game they played in. James Wiseman is is one of them. No no stabs in the dark? No. I'm going to go Edwards. Has he started every game? Uh, no, Anthony hasn't started a single game. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, well, we, we know it's not Pokachevsky. Well, Patrick Williams would be the other guy I'd kind of throw in here, but that's there you the go. Yep. other yep. one I'd go with. Yep. So you got James Wiseman, Patrick Williams, uh, Okoru uh, in Cleveland, and then um, uh, Walter's uh, fa- favorite shooter in, uh, in D.C. Denny. <laughs> did, did, we ever figure out, did we Gosh. ever figure out how to pronounce his last name? That's why I left it to you. Oh, you see so. how I just set that up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm just going to go with it. Avija here. And I'll uh, get it repronounced several other times as I listen to it over the next couple of days. But it is interesting. Those are the four guys. I know Thomas yeah. Bryant's out with the ACL injury uh, for the Wizards. But, man. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that's what's kind of unique when we're you know talking about obviously the rookies and who has a shot at rookie of the year. It, it, it's so unique because you have to have two things work out. Uh, obviously, you have to have a, a very very talented player, but you also have to have a role for that player that is obviously going to allow them to show off their talent. So I think that's kind of what uh, this rookie class of the, outside of those four guys. Obviously, that role is ready to go for all those four guys. Desperate needs, uh, you know, for the Warriors, for the Bulls. Cavs and, and Wizards for those four guys. The other guys, you know, arguably could be more talented, but are obviously on talented teams. Um, you know, so so with you know Anthony Edwards, obviously we're talking about you know Lamelo Ball. Uh, you can even obviously throw Ty- Tyrese Maxey into the conversation. Um, those are guys that are coming off the bench and still putting up uh, decent numbers. And again, we're only talking about you know being uh, you know ten or so games into to this year's season, but. Uh, Ty, uh, Tyrese, um, Anthony Edwards, uh, Lamelo Ball. Uh, again, as expected, not shooting the ball very well. I think he's just you know, right at forty percent, twelve points a game. But his rebounding numbers, obviously, have probably been one of the most impressive uh, um, attributes to his game so far. His rebounding, uh, he's at seven rebounds a game, um, and hasn't even started a game yet. So Lamelo, I, I, again, kind of like Anthony. I, I could see them, you know, towards the second half of the season, definitely uh, up in uh, his 25 minutes a game, you know, maybe getting it over to the 30, 30 minutes per game threshold. And uh, then you'll really, really see Lamelo's uh, numbers really increase. So at this moment in time, in, in my, in Joel's opinion, I think it's a three-headed race right now with Tyrese leading it uh, and his to lose. I mean, Goat, I know we're only 10 games in, but this rookie class, do, do you still think that there might be a superstar in this class? I'm starting to kind of have my doubts. I mean, it just seems – I don't i don't know. It just doesn't – and I know it's only 10 games in and it's COVID season. I'm probably just jumping the gun, right? Well, it, it, it superstar, whoo, uh, out the gate. No, you can't say any of these guys are superstars just yet. I mean, you don't have anybody like LeBron who, you know, is obviously well, averaging you, over 20 points a game, you know. Well, I mean potential, year, superstar potential. Uh, the three guys I just mentioned, I think those okay. are. I think those okay. three guys all have superstar potential. Where you know we we come back to this recording, you know, five years from now, and we might be having a completely different conversation. We might be talking about those three guys. Might be, um, you know, all three guaranteed all stars. You know, for for every year here or not. I don't necessarily see Lamelo or Halliburton having superstar, like true superstar potential. The only reasons why I say that is because. I think Hal Burton is playing incredibly well right now, and I think he will get better throughout his NBA career. But I don't necessarily think he'll be any MVP discussions. I guess that's a way better way to say it in my mind. Like, I think these guys could make all-star teams, but I think I'm I'm thinking too much of the MVP type of race, and I don't I don't see Lamelo Ball or Hal well, Burton or, or anyone going for yeah. an MVP type discussion here in like five, six, seven years. Oh, MVP is a whole other category. That's a whole right. other beast. And, uh, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's extremely true, especially when we're talking, we're talking about, about point guards versus you know other players winning the MVP. We haven't seen a point guard win the MVP since you know, Westbrook, and that was a freakishly weird season as it was anyways. Yeah, because we're talking about MVPs. I mean, in the NBA, there's there's technically, what, only what four or five of them playing right this second with uh, Giannis, LeBron, KD, Westbrook, and... Oh, and Steph, oh, man, Steph Curry got those yeah. two weak ones. Oh, those weak, James, weak James Harden. Did you say yep. Harden? Yeah, he said Harden. 
Yeah, so we got what five five MVPs floating around the NBA right now. So that yeah, that's a whole nother level. Uh, uh, superstar. Rose. There's definitely more super. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, good job. Yep, Derrick Rose is still floating around there out there in Detroit, didn't he? At least for the time being. Um, but yeah, uh, superstars. I think they can get into that All Star category. MVPs. Uh, you know, no, I'm not going to throw MVP. I can't go that far. I can't go that far with it. I don't see Lamelo, Anthony, or Tyrese. You know, ever winning MVP. No, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, as any frequent listener in the podcast knows, I'm always down and poke fun of myself here. And I will say my Western Conference prediction was Jalen Smith for Rookie of the Year, which is proven to be a very, very bad and uh, horrible <laughs> choice because the Suns have played 11 games. Jalen Smith has played in two of them, and he's sat out due to COVID protocols and stuff. So I don't know if he has COVID or if it's just contract tracing or whatever's going on with that. But all being said here, it's not like the Suns have necessarily missed a beat. They're still 7-4, and four, of course, losing weirdly to the Wizards the other night by 20 is uh, just one of the weirdest things I've seen this season because the Wizards are 3-8. and eight. The other thing I'll add in is, man, the uh, the other guy here in, in the East, Cole Anthony, it doesn't look like I had that bad of a choice there with my Rookie of the Year vote, for at least for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, that Markel false injury is definitely going to help your pick out for sure. Got to get, uh, way got to go, to way to go, bit. Calvin! Hoping for injuries <laughs> so your pick is good. <laughs> hey, I was just playing off of what was going on during the season. I was like, "Hey, Cole Anthony's getting some buzz. I'm seeing some tweets about him, whatever." And I didn't necessarily want to pick, of course, Lamelo Ball because, dude, halfway through the season, isn't Terry Rozier just going to take a lot more minutes if Lamelo's not able to make some threes? I mean, right now Lamelo's making some threes, but his his shooting motion looks much, much weirder to me, at least, than Hal Burns does. And I don't know if is going to keep knocking him down. They're, they're both not that uh, um, appealing. I'll say that. <laughs> Hal Burton's definitely looks uh, more of a, how a female would shoot it, getting the hand and the elbow all the way under the ball and taking his time on the release. But at the end of the day, hey, uh, uh, was it uh, Dan Tony says, hey, I don't need shooters. I, I need makers. <laughs> if it goes in, it goes in. So, I mean... Walter knows that about our friend Scotty when we play basketball. If Scotty's making the shots, we don't correct his shooting for him. If he's not making the shots, then we start asking him some questions. So, <laughs> uh, with all that being said here, I do want to jump into the um, the last power, you know, lastly, like power ranking the worst five teams in the NBA. So, Walter, we're going to leave it up to you here. Okay, and, uh, I'm excited. Let's go. Joel is super excited for this segment. Joel's super excited. I'm excited. I hear the, you know, the... I hear it in the background. I know you're ready, Joel. Calvin, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. Okay. The five worst teams in the NBA as of right now. I will go with the fifth worst, starting off not the exact worst. The fifth spot, I have the Toronto Raptors. And, Joel, do you know why I have the Raptors in this spot? Tell me why, Walter. Is it the record, obviously, of only winning uh, two games? No, it is because they lead the NBA in the statistic of LTTK. They lost to the New York Knicks. Oh, my God. And you know what else they lack in and they're not ranking high in? Tell me. The... NFS, no fashion swag. I saw Kyle Lowry walking oh into the game God. with just a regular T-shirt on. Someone really needs to get him into the fashion game to help the team out. 
All right, Walter. Well, what other NBA-related and basketball on the court stats do you have here for why you're not a huge <laughs> fan of the Raptors? Well, it mainly the fashion swag is what led to the decision. But as Joel stated, they only have two wins, and it seems like Lowry might be out the door. <laughs> Lowry's Quite the team. I, you know, I'm not, you know, they might, you know, say, hey, Pasco's young. We can still rebuild around him. We need to get some draft picks, uh, maybe try to hit on another Siakam type player to rebuild the team. So with your Toronto Raptors uh, uh, pick at your fifth worst team in the NBA, uh, they made my honorable mention. So just a hair out the five. I had them at, at the, yeah. the, the sixth worst team in the NBA. Um, I think some, we got to keep in mind, though, they are the only team in the NBA that is not playing in their home city. They are technically playing 72 road games this season. I think that definitely has to account as a possible unfair advantage uh, compared to the rest of the 29 teams in NBA. Well, Joel, I don't know. I think there's a lot of Raptor fans in Tampa Bay. I'm just going (laughs) to throw that out there. I heard when Canadians go down south for for the winter, they go to Tampa Bay. All righty. Well, uh, you know, you, you, you threw out a little swag uh, or disappointment in their swag. Um, I, I, I didn't realize that that was something we we're going to judge these NBA teams by. Um, but very important said, statistic, Joel. Um, I, I can't disagree with you too much, though. Again, you have them at fifth worst team. I have them at sixth worst at worst team as my honorable mention. Um, not impressed by this roster. Uh, if you go back again uh, on our predictions, I, I did have them in the playoffs, but towards the bottom in the play-in. Um, I don't like how – I'm not a fan of Siakam's game. I don't see him being a leader uh, of this team. Uh, Kyle's time may have ran its course as well. Um, I think they overpaid for Van Fleet, and um, in my opinion, they have um, one of the weakest benches in the NBA. So I am not a fan of them. And I, um, again, uh, expectations were lowered for them going into the season, and they are even below expectations. I will add in here with at least the Raptors and show them at least a little bit of love. They have only, um, well, they've only beaten two team scores this season. They've beaten the Hornets. And the Kings, oddly enough, but they've they really haven't played teams that are under five hundred. Like every team they played, the Kings are five and seven, the Pelicans are four and six. But I mean, they're they're not necessarily playing a ton of just terrible teams like the Wizards or the Bulls. So I'll give them a little bit of love on that one, I guess. Are we ready to move on to number four now? Yes, please. Okay, coming in at number four, we have the Houston Rockets. Wow. Do you know why I have them at my number four spot? Because James Harden doesn't look good in baby blue. No, that would have been it. No, they lead the league in TDPTDB. Trading a disgruntled player for another disgruntled player in Victor Oladipo. (laughs) We all know Oladipo was disgruntled in Indiana, and God knows he'll probably be disgruntled in Houston. I, like I said earlier, I do not think he's going to be on the team, which is good for the Thunder. The Thunder, we don't want them to be horrible because the pick swap is top four protected. We want them right in the five to six range. This is shaping up perfect for Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, my goodness. I, wow. I'm not sure if it does, just if they are able to resign him, but I like the idea of Old Depot moving on here. So, 
I, I don't know. I mean, the the Rockets right now are four and six. I I mean, I hear you. You know what I mean? I I'm not too down on them, but I'm not too high on me either. Christian Woods looked really, really good, though. I'll give him that. I mean, I think he scored 25-plus points tonight and had 15-plus rebounds. That was a really, really good sign of his offseason. And John Wall's got something to prove, too. Like Joel said, there are a lot of guys on that roster right now who have got something to prove. So that's why I like the Rockets a little bit. But, Walter, I'm, I'm fair enough to say that maybe they are the fourth-worst team in the NBA. And, and to remember, they had a game against the Thunder, first game of the season, that was canceled. If they would have played that, they would have probably lost. So can we oh. go ahead and mark them at 4-7 and seven instead of 4-6? and six? Can I get an amen? Uh, not at all. Uh, so Houston obviously played extremely well. Going to San Antonio tonight, again, this recording is, you know, after uh, the first set of games uh, have already completed, and the Rockets, not only without James Harden, but without John Wall and the Oladipo piece, all not playing tonight, and they were able to pull out a big-time road victory um, against a, a team that is now 500. Obviously, they had a winning record before the game started. Uh, so, I am I, again, I am, I am so stoked about watching this Rockets team. Um, I think they just have a, a, a roster of guys ready to prove the world wrong. Um, and I think that is going to be motivating enough to not make any noise in the playoffs. Do not get, don't twist my words, but not to be the fourth worst team, as Walter stated. That yeah, is, yeah well, that I is, said fourth right terrible. now. They could, they could improve. That's terrible. You also have to remember they have the worst owner in the NBA. Well, probably second behind Daniel Gilbert. Got to <laughs> remember that bad owners, they never have good teams. <laughs> Except for Mark Davis. Anyways, go ahead, Walter. What's your okay. uh, what's number third? Number three coming in, we have the Chicago Bulls. Joel, do you know why we have the Chicago Bulls as the third worst team? Oh, man. Is it B- Billy Donovan related? I will give you a hint. It is Billy Donovan related. The Chicago Bulls lead the league in BSSOKC. Billy should have stayed in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm he had, would have had Poku. I got to say, the acronyms are killing me here. He, he would have had Poku and Teo Mallard on I'm just saying, and Shea. I, I don't know why he left for Chicago. Maybe for pizza. Or Zach. Yeah, Zach's okay. He's a good player. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if he's as good as, uh, we'll see if he's good as SGA. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, is, it, is that all you had? Yeah, that's really all I had. You know, okay. that's, yeah, I mean, four and seven. Uh, Patrick Williams is a bright spot. Zach Levine's a bright spot. You know, don't um, uh, don't don't talk about the good stuff, man. You no, got yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 yeah. I'm just I want to give you, I want to give you a little sweet and a little sour. First, I'm sour, then I'm sweet. I'm like Sour Patch Kids. Boom. There's what nothing going on. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Sour Batch Kids or Sweet Sour Chicken. Uh, yeah. Walter, I got to say, the Bulls, you should have started off. They've lost three in a row. I mean, great. Yeah, I know. They've lost teams. to the Lakers. They Maybe lost to three. the Lakers who the Thunder beat. I mean, how about that? <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. You you're, you got a little I told too you. off the race I, here. And I told insane. Calvin, I told you. I know Walter. I've known him for multiple years now. He likes to hit the bottle early, and apparently in 2021, he's also hitting the dispensaries as well on his way home. So it's on full-blown evidence right now on this podcast. Uh, well, I don't disagree that the Bulls are one of the worst teams in the NBA. 
It's just the reasoning is an acronym <laughs> that is just outlandish but awesome at the same point. I don't know whether to be stunned or excited for who could be the next next two here that we read off just because I want to hear all the acronym usage. So, I mean, oh, don't worry. There's plenty of statistics to back up all of my selections. Just well, I mean, the Bulls beat the Mavericks earlier on this season. I don't know if they're that bad, but I'm excited to hear what we've got no. for uh, two and one well, here for the worst, you know, two teams in the NBA. Well, I will say before we uh, jump uh, back on that, Walter, I do agree with you. I ironically have Chicago Bulls as the third worst team in the NBA, obviously not just because of the record, um, but they also love to turn the ball over. They do lead the NBA in turnovers. And as we all know, being around basketball, when you give the ball up, that means you're giving extra possessions to the other team, which makes it tough to win games and when you are averaging 17 turnovers a game you're giving your opponent 17 more possessions to score Um, you do the math that's obviously opportunities to score nearly 20 more points uh, just for free Um, and Chicago loves to do that headline obviously with Zach and Kobe you know um, Kobe White Um, let me make sure I'm clear on that Uh, when Kobe rattles off obviously we all know where our minds go Kobe White and Zach Levine combined for over seven turnovers a game um and those are your two starting guards for Chicago. Can't lead the team. Can't lead the NBA in turnovers. Yeah, maybe Billy can call his buddy Westbrook up and get some tips on how not to turn the ball over. But uh, I'm not sure not. that's who he called. Just to be clear. first person to call right there. No, 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 not the worst person to call. I mean, also, might I forgot call to mention Eric Maynor or Derek Fisher <laughs> or oh, I don't know, plenty of other guys in the league. But Walter, who's your number two? Who's the who's the second worst team? Okay, coming in at number two, we have the Detroit Pistons. Joel, do you know why we have the Pistons at number two? Because they still have. No, I'm not even going to go there. You go ahead. Go, go for it. Go for no, it. Go because for it. they let. There's some they let, coming our way they, here. They led the league in WHHLTWG. Why in the hell would they let Christian Wood go? <laughs> Obviously, Christian Wood is dominating with the Houston Rockets. I'm not sure what they were deciding there. And, you know, a little slice of heaven. They have Blake Griffin. Uh, There's the little sweet part for you. But other than that, it's not looking good for the for the, the Pistons this year. Walter, the sweet part of Blake Griffin is not a good thing. I'm not sure if you wa- – have you watched any Detroit Pistons games this season? I know he's taking a lot more threes this year, Joel. Oh, my goodness. A lot more threes and a lot less of everything else. It is time. Uh, so I agree with you uh, with Detroit. I also have Detroit as the second worst team in the entire NBA. Oh, how about that? Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I got I got a little bit more beef on this one. Um, I will say seems like seems like my statistics are pretty accurate. Then, if you agree with all of them, well, when when you sign a, a, a role player and that role player turns out to be your superstar, but you already have two superstars on your team, something's not connecting the dots right. So I think there's major, major turmoil going on with the, it, within, the, within the Pistons hey, organization. Joel, Joel, please put up your wrapping papers. Now's not the time to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, that is not me. That is not me, but I will continue. Blake Griffin is, is it's time. Uh, th- he has to be dealt 
immediately. I don't even want to wait till the day of the trade deadline. I, I need him gone ASAP. I need him to revive his career. I am desperately worried about his head in Detroit because right now that is not the Blake Griffin that we've seen playing high school basketball in Oklahoma. That's not the Blake that we've seen play down in Norman wearing that crimson crap. And that is not the Blake that we saw obviously shining in LA and jumping over cars. So I don't know if the cold weather has just thrown Blake all the way out of whack, uh, but he has uh, definitely changed his game and he's changed it for the worse. I just want to point out, you know, it, as we can recall, Blake Griffin was a rookie of the year winner. Do we all agree? It, well, I mean, technically, because the first year he was out the entire year because he hurt. He got a bonus right? year. He, he got, got a bonus, bonus year. He, he got, got a bonus year. To study. Year. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, completely agree. Um, I, you know, just thinking about his his contract situation, you know, it's not as untradeable as it was, say, a year ago. He has this year and next year on it. Understood. Uh, I just want to let you know, Blake Griffin averaged twenty two and twelve as a rookie, and uh, fast forward ten years, and he has dropped all the way down to thirteen and six. 13 and six in 10 years. So I really hope obviously he can overcome, uh, you know, playing obviously for a lesser team compared to the team that he's playing with in, in, in LA. Um, and obviously um, uh, I'm aware of his injuries that he's occurred, but um, man, uh, I think here in the state of Oklahoma, we really, really love and appreciate what Blake has done for Oklahoma and, and, and putting us on the map, especially with his AU program. Uh, team Griffin, um, and I just want to see him, uh, you know, shine, uh, but on another team. Yeah, no, agree. I mean, the part of the basketball court downtown has Team Griffin on it. I played on it every Saturday during the summertime. I'm greatly appreciated. He's also a really funny comedian. I know your favorite show, <laughs> the Eric Andre Show, killer on it. He was a killer on it, and then not to mention the comedy roast that he was on also. So he definitely – if, if this is Duke, I mean, he's been dealing with knee injuries. I don't think he has a meniscus in either knee right now. If it does come to an end, at least I am thankful that he does have a comedy career to fall back on. <laughs> Walter, we've got to watch this Eric Andre show together before you keep giving him a shout-out. Uh, yeah, because I'm gonna... my guy, man, you're giving him shout-outs here on the podcast, and we got to watch it together or something. Eric, Eric Andre's the best late-night show there ever was. Granted, this is the last season. I'm going to try my hardest to get Eric Andre on the podcast. I think I've got a real good shot at it. Uh, his comedy is revolutionary. It is complete awesomeness. Yeah, we have to watch it together. Uh, it, it just it's, it's amazing, right, Joel? It's revolutionary awkward because one of the clips you sent me to watch, hey, you got to watch this one, was a Chad Johnson, but it was not Chad Johnson, the Bengals wide receiver that I know. It was just some random white dude who was on the Bachelor campaign. And then by the end of the, of the clip, because I was very curious to see how this all played out, it was Eric Andre peeing into a cup and then drinking that own cup. So, anyways, let's just go ahead and move with oh, all of this but terribleness. You understand, and let's you just understand the brilliance. In. If that's if that's what you're into, man, we gotta have a separate conversation off the podcast. He, he but with all so of this terribleness here, talking about the Eric Andre show and at least that clip, I'm willing to see more of the show with you. But it's got to be something we all watch. Tonight. I will not be. I definitely will not be watching that crap. I mean, I mean, Joel. He gets celebrities who don't know the show. He sends their their PA people. He sends them. 
it, it, the clips of him actually interviewing like it's a normal Tonight Show. So they fool the publicist into thinking, oh, this is a normal night show. And then they get these celebrities on and he absolutely tortures them. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I, there's no other words to describe it. Best show. All right, and the la- the worst yeah, team in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Okay, now this team, I'm I mean, really. I gotta re- I gotta reel you back in sometimes. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know, I understand, I appreciate that. Now this number one team has really miffed me off. I hope, and I'm really mad. I hope they turn it around. But right now they're my number one spot, the worst team in the NBA. I have Oklahoma City Thunder. No, not even close. What are you talking about? The Thunder in the huh. playoffs right now. Oh wow. The fun, no, the Minnesota Timberwolves are my worst team in the NBA. Joel, do you want to know why they are my worst team in the NBA? Oh, man, because no more Jimmy Butler or Thibodeau. What you got, man? I don't know what you're talking about. It's because they lead the league in MWLB. They made Walter look really bad in the preseason when I put them at the eighth spot. <laughs> that's that's the honesty. best one. That's yeah. the best oh, there we go. Good yeah. night, everybody. Go. I love the honesty. <laughs> Granted, though, Carl Anthony Towns has been out. I'm really hoping that will change things around. But as of right now, they've made me look terrible. <laughs> and there you have it, America. All right, Walter. Well, um, I also have Minnesota uh, dead last. All um, right. Uh, we'll, we'll get to my other teams that we we do have some differences, but yes, Minnesota uh, right now three and eight record. Uh, but they are getting. Uh, it's one thing when you when you get beat. So Detroit has a lot of losses, but to be honest, they've been competitive in every single game. Uh, Detroit only had one quote unquote blowout. I would say anything more than, you know, I think they had a 15 point loss to Milwaukee. Everything other than that's been 10 or less for, for Detroit. So, uh, they have a lot of losses, but they're, they're competing. Minnesota on the other hand is, it, it, that is not the case. They have a lot of losses and a lot of beatdowns. I mean, we're talking about beatdown. Lakers obviously took care of business, whooping them by 36 points. Clippers two nights later, beat them down by 23. They, I don't even know how it's possible to lose by, to the Wizards by 21. Um, they lost to the uh, Denver Nuggets by 15. They lost to Portland by 18. They lost to Memphis. 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 <laughs> depleted Memphis by 11. So, it's you, 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 one thing when you're losing, but you got to compete, man. And I, I don't see a lot of fight in Minnesota. Again, like you said, Carl Anthony Towns has only played in four of their 11 games. So, obviously, seven of those games have, you know, became – even more challenging to to lose your superstar, not be able to to roll them out there. But uh, yeah, it's time. Uh, they were the second worst team in the West last year, and right now they are going to uh, uh, unfortunately drop down. Uh, there's only one more slot down to drop, and they are going to be the worst team in the Western Conference and possibly uh, finish that in the NBA as well. So to I'm, me, this is a weird just thing to think about because every single time, and Walter knows this, and Joey probably knows this too. The Timberwolves come to Oklahoma City. They play extremely <laughs> well and almost beat the Thunder or do beat the Thunder every single time. And then I look through their roster here. And granted, Carlton Towns only played in four games this season. I'll t- I'll try to add that to the equation here. But number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. They've got Ricky Rubio. They've got D'Angelo Russell. They've got Malik Beasley. They've got other guys on the roster that I've at least heard of. Maybe it's because they only torch the Thunder and then they go quiet for the other 80 games of the season. But it's Josh Okogie and Nas Reed and 
Derek Culver and Jake Lehman. I, maybe I'm just throwing out names that anyone else who listens to the podcast goes, dude, I have no idea who that is. I'm not a Thunder fan because that's the only team that these guys go off against. But, like, Ed Davis is a guy. I mean, I, I knew he was playing for Portland before um, coming over, right? So why aren't the Timberwolves this bad? Because they can't shoot. That's why. And the NBA – and the game of basketball, how it's evolved, you have to be able. What are y'all doing over there, by the way? What's going on? Uh, not me. It's not me. I don't know what's going on. Uh, sounds like y'all digging through a treasure box or something. I don't know what y'all uh, doing I, over I there. That, I thought that was you going through your papers, Joel. No, <laughs> not at all. I guess, that, I guess that's after the show. Uh, <laughs> so Minnesota cannot shoot the ball. They also are coming off a, a very disappointing uh, uh, first round pick of Jarrett Culver, who has definitely uh, uh, lived below expectations. I want to say he was a, for sure a top 10 pick. Uh, I want to say he's five or six, if I remember right, last yeah. until last year's draft. But they cannot shoot the ball. They are the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA, not just as a statement, but as facts. Um, you got guys, got guys. I mean, then you add a Ricky Rubio to that team. Um, if you, I mean, if you can't, if you can't shoot, you can't win. Right <laughs> I mean, their if best shooter is Malik Beasley. <laughs> I mean, you know you're in trouble when your best shooter is Malik Beasley. But man, Jarrett Culver, what a disappointment he's been. I know they thought he was coming out of Texas Tech. They thought, oh, this is going to be the Patty Mahomes of basketball, <laughs> and uh, just it hasn't hasn't been so far. Granted, it's the second year. Who knows? Calvin, are we okay? I mean, do we need to get? Do we need to get? Do we need to check on you? Calvin no, is no, definitely. No, no, no. You're he's good. definitely You're good. multitasking right now. Uh, definitely a lot of multitasking going yeah, on I don't over know there. What's going on? Are you about to woe just with something? Is that no, what's going I, on? I, I wish I had something to throw out with you guys um, to add in here. No, I've been just trying to make sure we're uh, all sounding beautifully as normal. But I gotta say, it's weird to me that the Timberwolves are bad. Just because I go, you know what? I've seen Carl Anthony Towns play, and it looks like he is the ESPN dude. And what I mean when I say that is, is that Carl Anthony Towns is just out here for the highlight reels. And that's it. Because if when I see him match up against Steph Curry, like it seems like forever ago now, but two or three seasons ago for the last game of the regular season, he was guarding Steph Curry, and he was at least staying in front of him. That's a big, big task against an MVP when you're seven feet tall. But then when I just kind of look up their record every so often, I go, dude, what in the world? The Timberwolves are this bad? And it is what you guys are saying. I mean, it, it's it, there's not really a ton more to it. They're both right. They can't shoot. They cannot shoot the ball. Maybe if they had J.J. Redick, they'd be a little bit better. But I'm talking like a little bit because they need they need shooting and a lot of it to go alongside with their current roster. Jared Culver is known as kind of more of a defensive guy. So is Anthony Edwards, for that matter. Slash, I mean, Anthony Edwards is kind of supposed to do be a do-it-all guy, but man, he is—he's got a quick first step and a quick drive to the hoop, but he's not knocking him down from three. So the Timberwolves need a lot, a lot of help. The other team I want to throw in here that Walter did not mention, and I noticed oh, this oh, very here early. It comes. Here it comes. It's only—it's only the re- only reason I bring this up is that I'm about to hit the dump button if it's not the, if it's a team that I don't want to hear in this list, Calvin. I think you're going to hit it. OKC. I think you're going to hit it. OKC. Oh, it's not OKC. So maybe I'm just going to get for a surprise here. But it definitely is the Washington Wizards. I mean, what in the heck is going on in Washington? (laughs) Are they going to trade Beal in like the next month or two? Russ is out right now. I mean, well, well, Russ is out right now. They're also a bad three-point shooting team, too. 
they were just getting the Pistons going, and then Russ uh, hurt the quadricep out two to three weeks. Don't worry, Calvin. When they come back, they'll be good to go. They were just working out a few kinks. You know, Scotty B, he's got to get some things going. He was getting it going, and then Russell got hurt. I mean, don't worry about the Wizards. They'll be fine when Russ comes back. Not about you that. You know, so Russell's one. He's he's not hurt that that bad to miss that many games. If you guys realize, he's pulling a he's pulling a Steph Curry and a Draymond Green of what they did last year, saying, "Hey." This team is not going to do anything. Let me go ahead and preserve myself and go ahead and tell that athletic trainer, write my name, my name down the injury report. Cause man, are we going to take some L's this season? That's exactly what's going on. Uh, not, at DC. not Westbrook's MO, Joel. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. He, uh, he does not lose. So no, that is incorrect. That's false. Oh, uh, well, he doesn't win much either in the playoffs. Uh, well, he does win whenever <laughs> he doesn't have to play with playoff peace. <laughs> So, uh, Calvin, um, I also agree with you. So, um, with uh, the Wizards being in there uh, in, in the bottom five. So, ironically, my list matched up with Walters as far as the bottom three, 28, 29, and 30, were actually spot on. Um, he had the Rockets and Raptors at uh, the four and five. Um, I have, just like you said, Calvin, the Wizards as well. Um, it, this is going to be a, a – this is a train wreck. Um uh, I imagine uh, Brooks will now probably get fired before the end of the year, or if not, like you said, Deal will definitely be moved. Um, you got Westbrook out. Uh, you got Thomas Bryant out. Uh, man, they give up a ton of points. They are the worst scoring defense team in the NBA. Um, it's something that also stood out to me. Um, when you give up a lot of uh, a lot of points, sometimes it's also attributed to you can't guard and stay in front of your man because they also lead the NBA in personal fouls as well, sending their opponents to the free throw line more more than any other team. So, um, yeah, you got pieces out in your starting lineup, and um, man, it, it's just going to be get worse and worse uh, as this season continues for the Wizards. So, so I'm looking through everything here, and I I do respect hey having bad shooting percentages means you're not a great team. But there is one team we have not talked about at all. Didn't even mention their names here, except for the fact that I definitely want to throw them in. And they have the worst, I mean, just 2020, they had the second worst shooting percentages in the NBA. And as far as three-point percentages goes, they also are the second worst in the NBA. Do you guys have any guess which team I'm talking about? Pelicans. Pelicans. Lakers. So Pelicans would be very, very close. Pelicans are, I believe, you know, right there in the mix or so. But it's actually Orlando. And that's what's weird to me about everything when I see it all together, I guess, and try to put all these stats is like, Walter, as we end up the podcast here, why do you think the Orlando Magic are better than the Minnesota Timberwolves? Well, I mean, it just, I feel like on paper they shouldn't be, right? Uh, you've got uh, you've got a couple all stars on the team. Uh, just by the numbers, looking at it, they shouldn't be. But at the same time, you know, Aaron Gordon and, and Vujovic is just such an underrated center. Like every time he you is. just see him, he just he plays. Vujovic and, and Fournier—they're just good players. They're going to find a way to win, and they still have Terrence Ross and Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, looking at it, it's it's upsetting that they lost um, Fultz Fultz for the year, but. You know, they just got a lot of good players that I think play hard and work better together than the Timberwolves work better together. Their core has been together for a few years now, too. Uh, the, the guys that uh-huh. you mentioned with uh, Vucevic and, and and Fournier and Aaron Gordon and, and even Terrence Ross, um, you know, that, that core, <laughs> they're just kind of stuck, to be honest. That's my opinion of Orlando. They're stuck. 
They're not great, but they're not the worst. They're just always for this roster. It's just going to be stuck in that, you know, 10 to 12 seed range um, until they make major moves. Um, that's kind of always been my feeling about Orlando magic with not really mixing it up, but it was nice to see Mark Elfold's kind of revive his career. Obviously we already know how that went, you know, getting drafted out of Washington early on in his career and kind of, you know, saving his game, working on his shot. Um, so it was really exciting and, and very disappointed to see him, uh, you know, go down the way he did um, in a non-contact injury. I hate to see those uh, in the injury, but just the way, man, I mean, that's a guy that just, you know, when, when you have all the chips stacked against you, everybody's talking about you, writing you off and, and, and kind of like we're talking about a Rockets guy. I see a lot of Rockets players that kind of fit this mold, just writing them off. They're trash. They're done. Don't worry about them. Um, Markel was really shining, man. So I hate to see that he won't be able to finish the season. But hey, like we said earlier, maybe that will open up the door for Calvin's uh, rookie of the year pick, Cole Anthony, to really step up and uh, and shine. He has obviously a son of a uh, son of an NBA player with with, um, with Greg Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what Greg Anthony's famous no. for, am I right? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> he likes, likes trying to hire police people. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's a different podcast, man. But that's hey. a different podcast for sure. I would yeah, but, I would love but, for one of our six total picks to actually be rookie of the year. That would make that make me very happy. I think you should send some Markel Fultz some flowers, Calvin. I really do, because I think this injury is pretty much your fault. <laughs> well, Calvin, if you don't mind, I did have one team that I haven't really gotten to talk too much about to close out, you know, the, the fifth worst team in the NBA might ruffle some feathers, um, not only with amongst our, 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 our group here on the podcast, the three in OKC, but also any Oklahoma listeners. Uh, do you mind if I just have just a couple minutes? Is that okay? No, no. go for it. Go for it. Yeah, okay. no, you can't have it. Uh, I don't want to hear it. That's why I asked Calvin. Okay, so the fifth worst team in the NBA is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the reason being is one, they can't score the ball. They have, uh, in, in my opinion, one of the worst group of perimeter players out there. Uh, obviously, we're coming fresh off. And I told me and Walter were texting back and forth quite a bit last night. Um, and then Walter just quit. I guess the score just got too out of hand for Walter to continue con- conversating with me uh, with the 99-128 blowout with the Lakers coming to Chesapeake. Uh, but watching them, that was actually my first time watching the Thunder. Obviously, they were, I guess, slightly going a- above expectations, kind of going 500 into that game. Uh, and I was like, okay. Thought they would, to be honest, not win five out of the first 10 games. Really, just imagine probably be close to the two categories. I was like, okay, this actually might be somewhat of a good game. We got LeBron and AD coming to Chesapeake and going against this team. And man, was I disappointed walking away from that game. Again, you're talking about a team that never even held a one to zero lead in the game. And, and my, uh, I know Al Horford didn't play um, in that, that. They wouldn't have won. They, they probably wouldn't have lost by 30. They might be lost by 21. But um, uh, my biggest takeaway or two takeaways the, the, the serious one is, is and I really want you guys' feedback on this, is SGA. Uh, we're talking about a third-year player. Obviously, spent his rookie year in L.A., came, uh, came to Oklahoma City in the, in the, in the, uh, the Paul George trade, and you know, was shown the ropes, obviously, by Chris Paul and, and Dennis Schroeder last year. And here you go. You know, you got CP3 in Phoenix. You got Dennis, you know, knew better to, to get out of Oklahoma City and go for a cha- to a championship continuing team and got out as soon as he could. And then, so it kind of left the keys to SGA, but I've not seen any improvement out of SGA guys. Um, he's, he's should and arguably, I guess, still the Thunder's best player, but I'm not seeing him make an impact like a best player should. Um, 
with his numbers, obviously, if you just look at his numbers, period, I mean, he averaged, what, 19-6-3 and three last year. And so you're like, okay, well, CP3 is gone. Data Shooter has gone. His minutes should get a you know decent bump in minutes, if not even minutes, just looks. And he has uh, switched that around to uh, add one more point, averaging 20 points per game, and actually dropped down to rebounds and added a couple assists, but playing the same exact minutes as last year. So tell me about SGA. Why, why am, am I disappointed in SGA? Am I wrong or am I right? Uh, look, obviously you've gotten your OKC Thunder statistics from QAnon or something. Oh, here yes, we go. SGA statistics are down, but guess what? His minutes are down too. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Doing right now is they're don't say they're down. Do, they're not yeah, down. The minutes, minutes. They're not down. down. No, Let they're not. Okay, prove it. <laughs> prove it. What are the stats? Look it up. It's the same I'll exact have minutes. To, I'll have to. I'll have to look it up. Calvin, but I'm pretty look sure it up. I looked at. I'm pretty sure I looked at it. But here's the thing: they're trying to get the rotation. They they're trying to get the rotation to where it needs to be. A lot of different moving pieces. He's just trying to get everyone involved. That's why he's still an all star. He's still averaging twenty oh. points a game. I, you oh. know, they're they're trying to get players involved. I mean, that's it is what it is. So, so I think when SGA comes to Oklahoma City, all of us go, okay, this is the one guy that we've heard about that the Clippers do not want to trade. Right, this is the one guy we've heard. Hey, the Clippers don't want to trade. Clippers don't want to trade, etc. And then they do trade him. And I, I think there are very lofty expectations that either need to be reeled in, readjusted, or improved upon as we go forward. And the reason why I say it all like that is because SGA's per game statistics. You're technically, I'm going to say, both right. I think Walter's just being a little bit more anal about this and going. He's averaging one point seven per you know, minutes per game less than he did last Thank year. You. But at the oh, same thank point, you. That's it's a over 11 games, and that small, seconds. small discrepancy is oh. not worth mentioning, Walt. I got to say that, too. So Look. you're both right. The other Look. thing I want to say here is with SGA is that who has had a higher roster turnover as a point guard to adjust to this season? I mean, LaMelo Ball comes into a brand-new team. We see plenty of other point guards. I mean, I've said calling these name a couple of times, Tariq Salbert and all type of stuff. Brand new point guards to their team. But guys, who is Shea passing the ball to? I mean, I mean, we've got several rookies on the roster, several brand new guys who are just new to the team, guys who are injured now right now. But also, you, know, you just have other guys who are having to step up and play a lot more minutes and adjust to their own rotation. I mean, oh, this, this NBA roster is the biggest, biggest, biggest different roster from last season to this season of the whole NBA by far. Oh, well, his assists actually went up. I'm not worried about him passing the ball. I, I, I want to see him average 20 shots a game. If you're all talking about this roster turnover, obviously it's definitely not, a, you know, not even in comparison to last year's Oklahoma City roster and probably is the worst. It is the worst Oklahoma City roster in our franchise history. But he, as Walter said, he's expecting him to be an all-star. Well, show me. I want you to go. It, screw the four. He shot 14 times last year with Chris Paul and Dennis in a lineup. Okay. You're saying twenty. You're saying 25 and 5 is not all-star level? I mean, come on. No, I want him to dominate. That's what I want. I want him to shoot the ball minimum 20 times a game. Go, I want him to shoot the ball 20 go, times a game. Go. Don't worry about it. Look at the Thunder right now. If you include Justin Jackson, they have a 12-man rotation right now. If you throw them out, they have an 11-man rotation. Six and se- six or seven of them he hasn't even played with for the year. So give him a break. I mean, he's going to get it figured out. He's going to be fine. And going forward, I've seen enough from him 
that he deserves a max contract from the Thunder. Here, here's uh, and, and we can move on from this HGA conference. I am very passionate about this. Again, I think because I am led on by Chris Paul and Dennis. If you recall, uh, SGA had a, a, a pretty solid game early in the season. Uh, trying to think off the top of my head which one it was. Uh, maybe it was that game winner. It was probably that game winner, the first game of the year at Charlotte, if I remember right. And both Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, you know, went to Instagram on that night and they tagged each other and they were almost sounding like uncles talking about their nephew. Like, oh, look at our boy, man. He's out there killing. They both tagged him out there. And I was like, okay, you know, getting the expectations high. And they, because they are expecting, like I said, as an uncle would a nephew to use that, uh, uh, that, that mentoring that they gave to him all last year with two solid point guards, obviously a Hall of Famer being one of them. And to breed him into this this moment, they 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 all knew, they all knew this team was going to break up, and more than likely SGA would be the remaining piece. They knew that. I mean, Joe, you know what he did against the Nets when they had Kevin Durant the other night? He had thirty one points, six rebounds, and seven assists. He's capable of doing again, it again. No, that's great, and that's what I want to see more consistently. So that's why I'm very passionate uh, about you that. You will get, you will get it more consistently. Listen, and you, you want to know when, you, you want got a game where he had eight points and made three shots. What was eight the eight-point game? New Orleans and Chesapeake. Well, was gonna, it was emotional, Joel. Steven Adams returning. There was no fans to greet him. That's understandable. Well, that's your best player, Walter. And you're worried. he's getting uh, emotional and making three shots a game. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, they, they, turned, they, turned, they turned around and beat the Pelicans in New Orleans. Highly disappointed in what game I just watched last night. That was a, it, just a complete blowout. But, hey, let's move on to Walter's favorite Thunder player, Poku. He did have score a couple uh, buckets last. I had a little, little uh, fast break dunk, you know, hit a couple threes, big whoop de do. It sounds like Stephen A. Smith uh, listen, right now. Yeah, Poku. Poku, because he was, pl- he was going against third string guys, man. We had McKinney out there, man. Get he out of here. He's guarding LeBron. He dunked on LeBron. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Quinn Cook out there, man. That's Get it. out of here, man. That's it. You're lucky. You're lucky we're doing this through Zoom or Skype or whatever we're doing this through. Because right now, I would be on top of you like Spider Monkey. Poku's first five games of his NBA career, he was two for 21, Walter. That's a first-round pick. That's going two for 21 in his first five games in the NBA, man. That's not going to cut it. You're talking about high roster turnover? Well, the Thunder has to do better with their first-round draft picks. Hey, they hit with Teo Maladon. Teo Maladon is averaging 20 minutes a game, eight points a game, five assists, looking really promising. And you know what? Poku, we all knew he was developmental. Giannis didn't look good in his first year, and that's what he's, you know, he's going to have to put on muscle. He's going to get better. I mean, it is what it is. That's why they're giving him so many minutes right now. They're giving him so many minutes, man, because there's nobody else to play. Well, no, they got Justin Jackson they can play. If they could ever get Trevor Reza back from court, they could play Trevor him. Reza doesn't want to play for the Thunder. Miller. Trevor Reza does not want to put on a Thunder uniform. You, you know that. Oh, uh, you know what? You if know he that. did, they'd be a, you know what? If he did, they just beat the Lakers. They beat the Nets. Maybe he should want to play for the Thunder. <laughs> He's pulling a Kelly Oubre. He said, get me out of here, man. I've been on the team too long. I'm tired of seeing my name associated with the team. Well, I'm, just glad, I'm just glad Kelly Oubre finally hit a three. How about that? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he did. That is hey. that is nice for Oubre. And I'll, I'll, I'll say something real quick here about going back to Shea a little bit. One, Poku, you know what? I need to look up and see how any guy who's comparable to him, who's an overseas guy, came in and 15 later in the draft played in his first year in the league. I need to just get some, you know, Giannis stats at the top end and low end. I don't even know who to, com- you know, who to even throw in. But I will say here about Shea, he's way more efficient this season. I mean, if you look through his like per 36, his yeah, three point attempts in a game have definitely gone up. 
His three-point percentage is definitely still going up. Granted, just a little bit, but it's going up. And his per 36-minute stat, at least, those are going up. So, granted, for all it's worth, I think Shea is definitely adjusting. He's also, granted, a third-year player in the NBA, but, man, every year he's played so far, he's had a big, big upswing after the All-Star break. He gets a lot better for whatever reason. So, I don't know if that's just more rhythm playing with teammates or whatever it is. And I'm saying a lot better, like he averages more points, he plays about the same amount of minutes, but he has a little bit more assists, a little bit more rebounds. So I, I, I'd be curious to see how Shea does, you know, in the second half of this NBA season two, just give him a little bit more time to kind of coerce for this Thunder unit and see how he does. I mean, I, I think he could be insanely good. I think he could be insanely decent as well. He could just be the quality Drew Holiday type of guy for the, for the Thunder too, who we see, yeah, of course, now got traded, but, you know, stays with the team he gets drafted with for a long time. And, you know, I think that's the, I think that's Pelicans, right? And then stays with them for a long time and helps them get some success year in, year out. Takes in the playoffs and has big playoff games. But granted, isn't the best player on his team. I don't see Shea being, like, the best player on his team in five years. You know, I see him being the, the second best player maybe on his team in five years, but there's got to be that one more guy who like blossoms alongside him. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. You're talking about the five years. If you don't think he's going to be the best player on the team. I mean, this year is going to go to send us in that direction. And I think I am expecting him. I guess my expectations are really, really high for this kid. Albeit it's his third year. Okay. I, I, I'm really just taking in, in into fact, in, into consideration of what he went through last year on being on a playoff team with a hall of fame mentor, that does huge dividends for a young player like that to really, really take his game to the next level. Um, and so that's a, like Walter pointed out that Brooklyn game. Yes. Big time road win. SGA was the leading scorer. It couldn't miss anything. And I, I that's probably why I am so uh, um, uh, the expectations are so high. Like I said, cause I think he can. Um, so it's more, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll knock on the thunder and some of their players more just to ruffle Walter's feathers as it looks like I was successful tonight. Uh, but man, with SGA, with SGA, I, I really want to see this guy be, I want to see him be an all-star. I really, really do. Um, but again, I walked away from last night's Laker game going against the NBA championship team for him to really have the opportunity to really, really shine. And uh, I mean, I, I just was, I was underwhelmed. I will say that. Um, so I guess we can text each other as each Thunder game comes along. And uh, when SGA is not the leading scorer on the team or not showing uh, that he's the best player on the team, I get to have the last laugh. And then uh, in those, in those moments where he hopefully can score 31 more points in other games, then you guys get to, to gash me. Uh, you know what? I will, Joel. And you know what? You've made my cat very upset. Your yelling has woken him up. So I hope you're happy now. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. The passion came out, though. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, you love Holstein. Holstein loves you. You're definitely going to have to apologize next time you see him. I'm just glad that cat can actually wake up, man. I thought he died a long time ago. Yeah, no, nope. Completely healthy and good shape. Well, no baby with all for that him, being though. said, I, I, I think the Walters cat update maybe does need to end up the podcast. I'll say it that way. So... <laughs> Thank you for everyone for listening to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. If you didn't do it in 2020, definitely do it in 2021. We'll catch you guys again soon. And thank you so much for listening. Peace. Oh, shit. Nurkic just broke his wrist.